Shalom, and I hope all is well. My name is Yitzchak Schiffman. I love sharing Torah classes, and thank you for listening to this episode. Feel free to follow and to share with others so they too can enjoy the Torah classes on this podcast. Now, on to the episode. Okay, let's get started. Today, the Mishnah we're going to do is Perak Bey's Mishnah Zion. This is the last of the four teachings in Perak Bey's mm-hmm. of Hillel. And then the next Mishnah, Ches, we're going to see the student of Hillel, which is Rabbi Yochanan ben Zaka. That's really why Hillel is brought in all together here. So, <laughs> so, Hillel here teaches us the right mentality in life in terms of accruing. What are you looking to accomplish in life? You're looking to accrue physical, financial means, or the more important thing, obviously. And as the um, as the Vartanura um, here explains, there's actually a build-up here. So let's see this inside. The right mentality of accomplishing in life. Buhaya Oimer, he used to say, Hillel used to say the following. Marbe basar, you increase fl- flesh. So what does it mean, increase flesh? It means you eat a lot, so you get fat. If you eat a lot, you enjoy your life. Yeah, you eat a lot, focus on eating and drinking until you become a fat person. Marberima. So what have you accomplished? There's going to be more worms. Now the Mepharshim say that one of two things. Either it means in the kever, when the worms start to consume a person's body, so there will be more food for the worms, ultimately. Or the Mepharshim learned that when a person's busy all day eating and drinking, focusing on his pleasures like that, it brings him to all kinds of diseases, even in his lifetime, as alluded to by Marberima, by the worms. Either way, the point is, is that you're so focused on your gashmi, it's your physical consumption, enjoyment, but ultimately, that's not something that you can really take with you that's going to make any real impact. Either, again, in the, in the grave, it'll be more, more food for the bugs, or even alive, it'll make you not necessarily so healthy, become a fat person. Mar continues, Hillel, if a person increases his financial possessions, Mar Aga, that only brings to an increase in worry. Why is it increase in worry? Well, you think, I know I'll make tremendous amounts of wealth, and when I'm wealthy, I'll be able to take care of myself. They call it financially free, not financially free, what's the word? Financially independent, and when I have so much money, I'm not going to have anything to worry about. It's not true. When you have so much money, the more money you make, the more you'll have to be concerned about, to take care of. How are my investments doing? How are my properties doing? Now, maybe that's not a bad thing necessarily, but that's the reality. Mar benachasim, mar The more properties you have, the more worries you're going to have. Mar continues Hillel, if you increase your wives, meaning a person wants to live a certain type of lifestyle, so he has multiple wives. He has a lot of involvement with women, which could be mutter actually al Torah. Rabbinically, it's a problem, but Pitara, Midorah, it's permitted. But Marvik Shafin, the problem is, then you increase uh, witchcraft. Rashi, uh, the Mepharshim here explain, women tended to be more involved in witchcraft than men. So if a person thinks that he's going to have a good time, more wives, so it's possible in his house he's going to have more of an issue of witchcraft. Marba Shvachos, now if he increases in the amount of maidservants that service in, in, in his house, Marbezima. So maidservants tended to be involved in immoral behavior. So then there's going to be an increase in immoral behavior in his house. Marbavadim. And if he increases in male servants, Marbegazel. So then there's going to be an increase in thievery because slaves tended to steal. 
Now the Bartanura explains over here that this is a pro it's a process that Hillel is actually teaching us. There's a process a person would naturally go through in terms of accruing things in his life. First, a person wants to enjoy himself personally, so he'll increase his eating and his drinking, and that marbarima, like, like Hillel says. And then, in order to facilitate that lifestyle, he'll want to increase his financial assets. So that's the concept of marbanechassim. He'll increase in his financial assets. Um, after he increases in his financial assets, so he'll see that he has a lot of money and he could support multiple wives. So he'll marry multiple wives thinking this is going to bring him to some sort of satisfaction and enjoyment. Well, with those multiple wives, they'll need maidservants to facilitate servicing them. And for those maidservants, it's gonna be a necessity for more servants. Essentially, it's, it's one feeds into the other, which I think is a big so that comes out from that alone, which is a person thinks, like the Gemara tells us, Yesh lamana rotsa masayim, if he has 100, he wants 200, is that a person naturally might think in his head and convince himself even, if I only have this much assets, if I only have this much enjoyment, then I'll be satisfied and I'll be able to focus on the right things. Not true. The reality is, if your mind's in the wrong place, very quickly what happens is you get caught up in that game, the rat race. You get caught up in that system where, no, that's not enough. Now I need to do the next thing and the next thing and the following thing. So Hillel tells us the negative outcome of each one, but he also tells us you can very quickly get caught up in that. So I had a conversation, and, and I, want, I, don't want to, I want to do the next half, which talks about the right perspective. But I just want to tell you, when I was a little younger, there was a fellow who's a friend of my father's in L.A., very successful real estate guy. So he came over to me before I was married. And he said, I have a great offer for you. He said, come work for me. And in a few years from now, you'll be making half a million dollars. Up to a million dollars. I remember what he said. So I said, sounds good. What's the, what's, what's the hours? What are we talking about? So he said, well, the first 10 or 20 years, you're going to have to work, I think he said, 12 or 14 hours a day. Well, something, yeah. I don't know, 10, 12, 14, something significant. And then after that, you can cut back a little bit. So I said, I'm, I'm really not interested because I really want to be involved in teaching and chinuch and kirov. I really want to teach Torah. So he says back to me, look, listen, I got a deal for you. You could come work for me 12 hours a day. You learn a half an hour in the morning, 10 minutes in the evening. And then the money you make, you could support three people who do kirov, chinuch, teach Torah, etc. So I said back to him, that's not what I want to do. I want to teach Torah. I don't want to support other people who teach Torah. I want to teach Torah. That's my skill set, and that's where I find satisfaction. But what's the point? The point is, and I don't think this guy's a bad guy. I think he's a good guy, actually. That's what he does, by the way. He's a great guy. But that's not what I want to be focused on. What's the focus? Meaning, if we're involved in finances, we can validate that by saying I'm going to support other people, which is not a bad thing, necessarily. It's a good thing. But Hillel is telling us here, that's not the focus. It should never be the focus just to enjoy yourself. I mean, if a guy like that is really able to contain himself, make that kind of money and support people and still focus on, that's kolakavodlo. But the problem is, that's a very difficult lifestyle to maintain. Ultimately, what ends up happening very often is you get caught up in that life. And that's why you find people, they make a lot of money, and then suddenly it's like a different person. They lose focus altogether. Now, I was going into it for that, but then you're lost. Russell Galvin took a liking to me, going to his office, and he went to open a job. And Russell Galvin says to me, 
so Josh, are you ready to work 80 hours a week? <laughs> I said, no, I'm not Mr. Gallo, but thank you for the offer. <laughs> but the point is, like, <laughs> you, what's the goal? The goal is you want to teach or whatever. You want to learn. Yeah, learn. So you want to work so much kids. so that, no, you just right. make part of us. Uh, fishing pole, for example. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> now let's go the other way. Hillel tells us now the right perspective. Meaning, what's the right perspective? Says Hillel, Marbe Torah. If a person increases in his Torah, Marbe So he increases in his life, like the Psukim say. If you increase in Torah, you learn more Torah, you teach more Torah, etc., you're giving yourself extension of life. Marbe Yeshiva. Now, I'll explain this. Two Pshatim here. If he increases in, in Yeshiva, literally means sitting, Yeshiva, Marbe Chachma. He'll increase in Chachma. So in the Farshim speak out, there's two possibilities. Either it means if you constantly are sitting in front of Talmidei Chachamim, so then you're going to constantly increase your own Chachma, increase your own wisdom. The other way they learn is if you marbi yeshiva means you have more Talmidim sitting around you as the Rebbe, so they're going to constantly ask a lot of good questions, and it'll challenge you to make yourself more knowledgeable also. And some have the opposite girsa, actually. I saw Mepharshim say, some flip the words here. Marbe Chachma, marbi yeshiva. They flip the words around. And what it means to say is, if somebody's uh, giving good reasons for his for his teachings, he's teaching and he's giving good reasons for them, so Marbi Yeshiva, people are going to want to come sit next to him and learn from him. There's going to be more students because they see this guy knows what to do. He knows how to teach. So Marbi Chachma, Marbi Yeshiva actually goes the other way. But either way, the focus is learning, teaching Torah, learning Torah, etc. Continues the Hillel. Marbe Eitzah, if a person increases in his Eitzah, which means he doesn't rely on his own svar, his own intellect, but if he has questions, answers, etc., he talks with other people, speaks it out, Talmidei Chachamim. Can you tell me your perspective? So this is a big deal, Marbe Tevuna. So he increases in extrapolation. Now what does that mean? It means if I sit by myself and I study, so I, I come, might come to certain conclusions, but they might be wrong. And also they're very limited in, in scope because I'm only me. But if I talk with other people on different inyanim, different matters, so that's marba eitza. I hear the advice of other people. It will cause me to be able to see the other angles. And then marba tevuna, bina or tevuna is the capacity to extrapolate. Once I can see the other one's perspectives, so then I can see davar mitoch davar. I can analyze and extrapolate from angles that I never was able to do before, which is why pilpul chaverim is so important. So we're going to learn pilpul chaverim, the... Uh, back and forth, conversation, the uh, give, and give and take, thank you, with other people is such an important thing. Just to sit by yourself and learn is not necessarily the most valuable thing. Well, I also have all those in the Farsham, which I give a different sheet of about the, the concept, exactly what happened, mm -hmm. why did it happen, and exactly. opinions. Exactly. And you listen to everyone's opinions. It opens your mind. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Bina is a big thing. Extrapolation, as you see from Chazal. It's a big thing also, I mean, in Midos, you see in character, you see this also. I, find, whatever, I, I don't want to get too off trap topic, but I find that when you're learning with somebody and they have the capacity to see things from a different angle than they initially thought, very often in Midos, they're also better. It's not to say, what do I mean by that? Is very often you learn with somebody, so sometimes people are just very fixated on what they said, what they said, what they said. They can never hear a different angle. Very often that doesn't translate well in terms of midos because it's difficult for them, perhaps, to see someone else's perspective. So when it comes to interpersonal relationships, they can't really recognize what I need because they can't see things from my angle. 
So sometimes a bina is a big deal. To be able to extrapolate means to be able to see from something else that you didn't really think about in the first place, an interpersonal relation is a big deal too. Because then when somebody else is struggling, which you might not really understand, but you can challenge yourself to try to appreciate from their perspective what it is that they're going through. It's not to say for certain, but I think that's a big deal. Do you want to say so this? Sometimes when you go around the room and you ask people, what do you, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, it's the best thing. All of a sudden you have seven different things. Exactly. You didn't even realize before that, oh, wow, so you have a great opinion about this. Wow, it's interesting. And you exactly. Also, and all of a sudden the group has like a exactly. greater understanding. And it's really beautiful. Yeah. Because it's like music. Uh, it's, it's, it's a blending of different personalities and ideas. 100%. Concepts with rela relating to Torah. And that's beautiful. Let's continue. Continues Hillel in terms of the right approach. If one increases in charity, he increases in peace. Bekati says something very interesting over here. You're making peace for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for Hashem, when you give tzedakah. Why? Because if you have a poor person and a rich person, the poor person might have complaints against Hashem. Why do you make me so poor? I'm, I'm, I'm suffering, I'm struggling. So when the rich person goes gives charity to the poor person, gets him on his feet, he's no longer at war or upset at Hashem. So when a rich person goes and gives tzedakah, marbe tzedakah, marbe shalom, you're increasing peace between Hashem and that person. So Kiviyachal Hashem says, thank you for making peace between me and that pauper because now he's not as upset at me. Very interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah, also if you give shalom bayit, because if you give shalom bayit, exactly. Who's having trouble economically? Exactly. All of a sudden, now he's he's safe. It's also it's family structure. Hundred percent. hundred percent. That's another level. Beautiful. And this one is beautiful also. Kaneshem Tov. If he acquires for himself a good name, a good reputation, Kanela Atzmo. He acquires it for himself. So the Mefarshim speak out. The Kati brings down over here. Most other kinyanim, most other things you acquire in life, they're things that you could benefit from, but others also benefit from. You acquire chachma. You can teach Chachma to other people. You acquire money, you can give money to other people as well. So there's benefit on both parties, the one who acquires it and other people. But Shem Tov, when it comes to a good name, La'atzmo. The only one who benefits from it is the person who acquires it. So Kana Shem Tov, Kana La'atzmo. Now I have a little bit of a question on this Pshat. I just want to point out before I say the second Pshat is that there is a concept that a child could benefit from his father's good reputation. So I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily. The kasha for me, a little bit of a kasha, is the way these mafarshim are learning is kanashem tov means when you acquire good reputation, it's only you who benefits. Families benefit from reputation of their ancestors too. So, I'm not sure I fully understand that. What do you but want to say? That's part of the etzam because your your etzam is also your your family. That could your be pshat. That's part of your etzam. I mean, it's considered atzmo also. It's atzmo. It's part I guess of your so. I hear that. I hear that word. The other way they learn is a different shot. They say like this, tov, that if somebody acquires a good name, means he acquires himself. What do you mean acquire? He acquires a being for himself. Before a person has a good reputation, people don't recognize him. It's as if he doesn't exist. Once he makes a good reputation because he acts appropriately, he treats people appropriately, so then he exists. means people look at him with significance. So he becomes an atzmo. He becomes a person who now gets valued and credit in society. Final point. 
somebody acquires divrei Torah, he acquires olam haba because he connects himself with the truth, with life, and therefore he's able to acquire olam haba. It's a beautiful Mishnah. Hillel here is contrasting two people's mentalities, and it could be our own mentality. We do teshuva in between, hopefully. But the point is, if we're focused on the wrong things, it can lead us in the very wrong direction, and very quickly also. Slowly, it's very easy to fall into that trap, the rat race, financial success, mean pleasures, etc. Or, if we're focused on the right things, we acquire chayi olam haba. I mean, what's better than that? We acquire life in the world to come, the greatest things possible. It's all a matter of focus. And I just want to finish off with this, though. He's not saying we shouldn't work and make money and support our families and all of that, but where's the perspective? Where's the focus? Are you actually working to make money to support yourself so that you can go learn Torah, so you can send your kids to yeshiva, etc.? Or is that an excuse, essentially? I'm only working to enjoy myself, so as an excuse, I say, and also I learn half an hour at night, or I support my kids in yeshiva, but that's really not my focus. So ultimately, it comes down to what's in your head, and only we know that, and Hashem knows that, but it has to be the right focus. That's what Hill is telling us here. Now, we're going to stop here. We finished with Hillel now, actually, and that was the fourth teaching of Hillel in this parak. And we're going to move on tomorrow, Mishnah Ches, uh, Sunday, with Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, who is the student of Hillel. We'll get to him, God willing, next week. Okay.